It's game time. I'm calling you out to step up your effort, step up your vision. Never give up. Nobody in this room came this far to only come this far. Never settle. Everybody wants to be a beast and do it. I to do a real beast. Always hustle. Anything that starts with I don't want to work is already a problem. This is game time with Puck and A.A. Ron. Are you ready? Let's go! Welcome, 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 all listeners. Uh, this is not a normal game time podcast. Uh, today is November 29th, 2022. Uh, we just finished a hell of a year and had a great award ceremony and all that. But what we are doing today specifically is focusing on campus recruiting and shoulder tapping for college campuses. And I have two guests with me. Um, and you'll understand why they are with us. One of them is Josh Gruel. Hi, Josh. Happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Thank you for being here. And we have Chris Mevs on the phone. Chris? What's up, Aaron? Good to be here. Thank you, Brother Mevs. Uh, he's on a blitz, of course, you know, leading from the front like an absolute dog. But uh, I still needed him on here because uh, I have gone shoulder tapping with Chris. And I will share that story here sh- shortly. Uh, how it scarred me for the rest of my life. Excited to hear that. <laughs> but uh, we well, let's talk about a little bit of campus recruiting. I, I want to ask you guys a little bit about why, right? I mean, sometimes guys are going to be, oh, that's super ancient. You know, we do social media now. We do this. I'm in DMs. You know, I don't mess with that. I'm on LinkedIn. I'm on Handshake. You know, campus recruiting is old school. Um, you know, uh, not doesn't really work now in today's day. And I want to just kind of mention some people that are in our triumph program that we have gotten, uh, from campus recruiting and shoulder tapping and boosts and stuff like that. And I would like, if you guys could just share some people that you have in your program right now from uh, campus recruiting. Yeah. So, I mean, if you look at my region this next year, we're planning to have five offices and three of the five offices will be managed by people we found campus recruiting. So of the, of the region that is going to go out in 2023, that's more than half of the offices are literally headed by uh, studs that we found through campus recruiting. And I ran the numbers the other day uh, for my entire program. You look at all the accounts that we did in 2022, I think it was like 49% of the accounts were done by people we shoulder tapped or people that we hired through shoulder tapping um, and, and they were hired from those people. Yeah. So it's kind of like those downlines are all from uh, campus recruiting half of the accounts. That's a lot. Christopher, you want to do some name dropping for us? Yeah. Um, so Miguel was the first. Uh, Miguel Gutierrez. I, yeah. Miguel Gutierrez is going to be running office this year. Um, I ran into Sawyer, who is our first 200 account rookie in Triumph region. Um, on campus as well. And then uh, I ran into Gunner through Sawyer and then Gunner ghosted me for a year. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I ran into him again on campus um, and he couldn't escape me in a hallway. And then uh, Ben Koalis, um, I also found on uh, UVU campus. Boom, 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 baby. Let's go. And there's another guy um, that was recruited from uh, campus recruiting. Um, you might have heard of him. His name is Tristan Pears. Uh, he was attending Weber State University up here in northern Utah. And uh, he is not from Utah at all. He's from the East Coast. Uh, decided to go to school out here in Weber. Um, and uh, someone uh, named Jason Brown, uh, an OG, uh, him and Devin Arp were on campus and stopped him in the hallway um, asked him to come. And then not only did they like say, Hey, come check it out, but they went out that day in Utah 
and uh, Devin Arp sold two accounts <laughs> that day and absolute showed dog. absolute dog moment and got uh, Tristan Perez to come join us off of campus too. And so the list goes on and on and on. We can name a lot of people, but I mean, right there, Miguel, a 300 account rep, at least three years in a row. Uh, Gunner, you know, we know his record top sophomore ever. Um, also, you know, 370 plus, and then we got Tristan. I mean, there's a lot of people, a lot of proof uh, in campus recruiting, but there's an art to it. Um, and there, there's a way to do it. I would like to talk about the early days uh, of some, maybe some of the mistakes that we've made and we wish that we're like, okay, I, I don't want to do that again. I was doing that completely wrong. And I want to ask, you know, the experts here, um, some of the guys who pioneered this, because me and Josh have worked together for, I don't know, 11 years now, maybe, or some are similar to that. Is that 11 years? Is that right? Yeah. yeah. And uh, I never uh, showed Josh how to campus recruit. Um, I didn't know how to do it. Uh, I never taught him. He's like, well, what about campus recruiting? I'm like, yeah, you should, you should definitely do that. I, I, I encourage you to. Uh, he's like, oh, how do you do it? I'm like, I don't know. I've never done it. Uh, <laughs> I recruit a different way, but uh, it's working for me, but you should do it. And he pioneered that on his own uh, and checking it out. And I'd like to start with you, Josh, of just some of the early days of things you've learned from it and you know things you did wrong in the beginning. Well, I would just start out and say that I, I think what really changed for me was I, I kind of got angry. Um, I, I, I've talked to a lot of my guys in the past and, and they kind of all reached the same point that I reached where uh, they've they've recruited maybe a couple friends. They've recruited. They've kind of dabbled in recruiting. They haven't really done it full time. They haven't done it seriously, and they haven't succeeded at really growing a program. And they get to this point where they're just like, "I'm pissed off. Like, I do not want to keep doing things the way I've been doing it." Mm-hmm. And and I think, in, in my opinion, it kind of is a requirement for you to get, uh, you know, emotionally really committed to uh, doing the work that's required to recruit. And it's uncomfortable to go on campus and talk to strangers. It's uncomfortable Very. to get rejected by people that are younger than you, mm-hmm. uh, that, that they tell you that they're too good for you or they don't want to listen to you or whatever. Um, we're used to being on the doors and, and oftentimes getting rejected by, for the most part, people that are older than us. And so we kind of get used to that. But it's a different ballgame when you're getting rejected by what what feels like kids. And, uh, you know, I've, I've taken... Uh, I've taken 300 account reps on campus before and they're, they're like, uh, you know, totally used to rejection. They can't handle the rejection of students. So, um, but I, I think it takes that emotional, like frustration of like, okay, I refuse to have my next summer be the same as my last summer in terms of recruiting and building. And, and when that, when you're frustrated enough, then you're willing to go face that rejection and that hardship on campus to do the work that's required to grow. Yeah. I would like to harp that real quick because um, it is different. I've, a lot of people have asked me, you know, inquiring about campus recruiting and stuff like that. I'm like, Hey, it is different because these people are your same age and they're sometimes your peers and you're going to feel stupid, right? We don't really care when someone in Stockton, California slams the door on us. We don't care. Like, well, I'm never coming back to Stockton again. I don't care. Right. Yep. But when you're on a campus near your home and stuff like that, and someone just kind of big dogs, you or makes fun of you. Uh, it does get, like, it's a little bit more embarrassing. Uh, what about you, Chris? I think, uh, going out by myself, um, walking out onto BYU campus and not really having to type of how long I was going to work for, how many people I needed to talk to, um, what I was going to say. There's no really measurement of success at the end of the day other than did I have somebody who said they wanted to sign and then sign. Um, that was that was a pretty big failure instead of going out with, uh, with a group of people to kind of use their synergy. Um, and I, I, I also think going out and... Uh, doing it for one day and then being like, Oh, well, that was a failure. And then, and then, uh, not being consistent with it, which Josh helped me a lot with. 
consistency of it. Well, let's, let's get into the tricks of the trade here. And, and I would just back up Chris. I think that he's absolutely right. Um, campus recruiting alone is oftentimes not a good idea because, um, you get discouraged more easily. You don't have, you know, somebody to compete with somebody to kind of bounce ideas off of. So doing it together with a, a partner or, you know, somebody else in your group is a good idea. Um, you got to make sure that you have, you know, set time parameters, like a, a time that you're committed to start and a time you're committed to end. That way you're not, you know, just making excuses about starting late, finishing early, grabbing lunch in the middle. Uh, and then also keeping track, you know, the same way that we in the summer keep track of our sales. We shout out on group chat, things like that. We do the same thing on campus. To, like, like how so? So, I mean, during, during the summertime, we have a group chat with everybody in the office and every time somebody makes a sale, we're instantly, you know, shouting that out on the group chat to encourage everybody else to say, Hey, it's possible you've been rejected all day, but somebody else that's in a neighborhood over is actually succeeding. And that keeps everybody motivated. Opening the vision. Same thing on campus. You might, you know, be on campus with three or four people and maybe you've been shut down the last 10 times in a row, but you see other people in your group chat. They're like, Oh, just got another appointment. Just got another appointment. And that keeps you going. And then also you can go get tips from those people that are succeeding and, and you got to get that momentum going. Um, negative momentum is really hard to overcome, but once you overcome it and the, the momentum is, is really good, then all of a sudden we see, we've seen on campus days where we go pick up 20, 30 contacts, which not all of them are going to come in, but you know, when you get that volume of people that are saying, Hey, I'll come meet with you, then some of them do come in and, and will sign. Good. Good. Um, anything on that, Chris, or do you, are you just, you echo that? No, yeah, I, I, um, I think that's one of the biggest mistakes. I get a lot of calls for people who are like, hey, Christopher, how do I do this? And they're on campus by themselves. And I'm like, first thing you have to do is start a group me, um, get everybody in. And then if you want to really throttle your production for the day, um, whether you're the person who started the group me or organized the, the get together, um, I would throw some money in there and just say, hey, I, I, I myself want to hit uh, – 10 signed reps and so you say um anybody who uh has more contacts by the end of the day um i have to buy you a jamba juice or i have to buy you a lunch or something like that and that's put a lot of pressure on me when i have the nerves and then i see somebody like miguel or gunner who say like i just got an appointment i'm like freak i need to get an appointment immediately but then then not only do you get 10 but you ensure that the person who you're running up against, you just double your production as a leader um, that way. I like that. Uh, so I, I usually do that when I get onto campus. Well, let, let's talk schedule. When When is, in your guys' opinion, the best time to get on campus to do shoulder tapping? We usually start between 9 and 10 a.m. Uh, mm-hmm. And then we're usually finishing around uh, between 2 and 3. 2 and 3. You, you say the same thing, uh, Chris? Yeah. and um, And to just know that, it's at the top of the hour and the beginning of the hour that you're going to get most of your production. So if you go in at nine o'clock, um, you've just missed the wave, the eight fifty wave of everybody getting to class. And then, um, and then eight fifty or nine o'clock to, to nine ten, all the late stragglers that you could walk with. And then from like nine o'clock to nine fifty, that's when you can sit down with people and actually talk to them. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's, it's always been an eight-hour block. Now, I, I would just say there's there's a couple of strategies for how to talk to somebody. Uh, the, the best strategy is not to just stand in the hallway blocking traffic and stop people necessarily because mm-hmm. uh, a lot of times they're busy, they're on their way somewhere. Um, 
Christopher likes to walk with people. So he's like, Hey, you're walking down this hallway. I'm just going to walk with you and talk with you as I, as I go. Um, that's one way to do it. I like to find people who are already sitting down. So, you know, maybe the class just ended and, and somebody has an hour break. They go sit in the hallway or in the cafe and they're just alone and I'll go sit down next to them. And I've kind of trapped them at that point. And I can then kind of have a conversation with them because they're, you know, a little harder for them to get up and just leave. Um, I've, I've recruited multiple people by just going and kind of cornering them wherever they're sitting and, and, and talking to them there. Awesome. Yeah. And then Chris, I, I've, I've heard you say that a couple of times. You just walk up to people and say, Hey, can I walk with you? Is that what you say? Yeah. So, yep. That's what I say. I tap over the shoulder and say, Hey, quite a buggy. Do you mind if I walk with you real quick? That's and they awesome. look at me and they're like, what? And I'm like, yeah, just real quick. And, and, uh, and we just start walking. You're like, I'm almost done. I, you just started. I, I'm almost done. Yeah. 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 I, I don't like people to feel like, well, I, I guess I don't really care if they feel like they're trapped. Um, like, like Josh doesn't care when he sits down with somebody, but I do care if I feel a little bit like I'm trapped and mm-hmm. Josh is probably better at just, if somebody's not interested, he just gets up and walks away. But it's so much easier for me when I'm walking with somebody and they like say no. Um, I, I have no problem just feeling, all right, no worries. Like keep walking and I turn around and there's somebody that I'm following on the way back to where I started. Got it. Yeah. You definitely don't come, you definitely don't go on campus worrying about, you know, people hurting your feelings. I've, I've noticed that. I, I would say one thing, um, you know, I've always done my trainings, right. Of like what, uh, the three things a successful rookie needs. Right. And one of those things is, is being shameless, but I would say the same thing and being a great campus recruiter, uh, you know, is, is learning to be shameless. Um, go ahead. I, I would almost say that, uh, you know, we, n- none of us are shameless. Like we all, we all experience yeah. shame. We all, you know, feel bad when, when we get rejected and things like that. I, I think that, um, what, what you mean is that it takes time to kind of numb that, that mm-hmm. shame, that shame that you feel when you get rejected. And so, um, none of us, nobody listening to this podcast is like, I literally do not care what anybody thinks of me ever. Like we all care. That's why we're human. And when we have relationships, uh, we definitely care. But when, when you spend enough time on campus and you go get your teeth kicked in enough, then pretty soon you kind of become numb to it. Mm-hmm. And so really it's, it's really an effort thing that you've just got to spend enough time getting your teeth kicked in that you start to become numb to it and actually not care. And that's when you can actually be good on campus. But there's kind of this, this period at first, and it's kind of the same for the doors too, same right? Thing, yeah. You know, a rookie goes out there and they're really, you know, worried about what the, the people on the doors think of them. They, they're probably not going to be successful until they get used to it. And they're totally confident despite being rejected. That's when they can start selling well. Same thing on campus. So there's this period of go get your teeth kicked in. Might take a day, a week, a month. I don't know. You got to spend the time and mm-hmm. then you can actually be successful. Yeah. It's putting yourself in awkward situations and then becoming comfortable in awkward situations. And they're not awkward for you anymore. Yep. And I feel like I could go and knock any door in the United States, a uh, mansion or a shack, and it really wouldn't matter to me. I wouldn't care at all. Um, but I went with Chris Mevs on BYU campus. Um, we parked in the visitor parking. We walked on. It was my first time at BYU doing shoulder tapping. And, um, and I went with Chris and I'm like, okay, you know, so what's your favorite thing to do? He wasn't really walking with people that time. He was just going up to people at the lunch area and just sitting there. And 
Um, I don't get awkward very easily. And, uh, Chris Mavs made me very awkward. I was like almost sweating in one of them. He, <laughs> he interrupted these people's car. It was great. It was like, he's like, these people are like having a conversation. He's like, Hey, can I sit down real quick? And they're like, uh, and he goes, sure. And he sits right down at their table. And there's like four of them. He goes, have you guys heard of them before? I'm sure you have. And he starts going into it and you could just tell they didn't want anything to do with him. And he didn't care at all. <laughs> And I was, I was like, I was like pacing behind him, like awkwardly, like doing the robot, just like, oh, uh, oh gosh, uh, Chris, you know, we're, we're doing great. And he gets that, he's like, oh yeah, they weren't really feeling it, but it moves on to the next one. Like doesn't want to talk about it or recap it. I'm like, damn, he just, he's a machine. He really doesn't care. And he was making me nervous. And I could tell I'm watching a professional do this. Who's been, you know, doing this for a while. And, uh, and he, and he knows what he's doing. It was great to see. So, um, so let, we got guys in Arizona, we got guys in, uh, you know, Kansas City, Chicago, North Carolina, a lot of Houston. people, Houston, Texas, we got all, all sorts of uh, DC. areas, DC, right? We got people uh, decentralizing everywhere. And, uh, you know, Vivint isn't just like, you know, the most well-known thing out in these areas, you know, granted here in Utah, it's a little bit easier, right? Um, so what are some of the lines or what are some of the go-to things you're saying when you're introducing yourself to college uh students, you know, in the hallways, what, what are some of the things you're bringing up first to, to, to introduce yourself? Chris, do you want to go first? Yeah. So I, I've done mostly in, in, uh, in Utah. So anybody who's planning on shoulder tapping in Utah, I think it's pretty important to, um, first bring up who you are. And, um, Hey, I work for Vivint. Um, I'm sure you've heard about summer sales before. If you've lived in Utah more than two days, usually they chuckle and then you just, uh, they say, yeah, and you kind of um, get that out of the way. And then you just say, well, what's, what's kept you from trying it in the past? What's kept you from coming out before? And so they already know up front, like you work for Vivint. Uh, they already know that you know that uh, you're typically an annoying recruiter. And since that's out of the way, they're a little bit more real with you when they give the answer of like, well, I haven't tried it out because like it's not really my scene um, or I haven't tried it out because um, I uh, I think that people don't get paid at the end of the day or I haven't tried it out because um, whatever. And then sometimes people will actually say, well, actually I did go out and this happened or I am thinking about going out and um, this is why I haven't pulled the trigger yet. Um, and I, I always, uh, I listen for the majority of what's going on to try and gauge uh, if this person's qualified or not, just like on the doors. And then, uh, and then I'll just kind of my pitch at the end will be built off of everything that they've said, whether they've had anxiety about getting paid, whether they're worried about them not being able to sell. Um, I'll say, well, um, this is how we do it different. This is what we're about. And then um, I, I always end up saying, um, if we were to sit down for 15 minutes, uh, for an informational interview, they feel like that would be a complete waste of your time. And, um, it, it's a very real, raw conversation. We get right to the meat of it. Like I recruit, why, why do you hate people that, uh, go out and do summer sales? And some of them will say we don't, and we want to go out and other people will just be real with you and give you the, the hot button that you need to resolve, mm -hmm. uh, in the first like 20 seconds. Cool. Josh? Love it. And, and I would just kind of echo what Chris said. I, I think to make the analogy to the doors, on the doors, I think a rookie mistake would be to go up to the door, you meet somebody and you just kind of throw up on them. You try to tell them, you know, all the reasons why they should come work for Vivint or why they should, why they should do this. And 
um, a door approach on the doors, we're just trying to give them just enough information so they let us inside and we can pitch them inside sitting down. And same thing on campus. We want to say as little as possible in our approach, uh, just so that they're curious and convinced that it's worth their time to sit down and actually have an interview with us. And so when yeah. I when I'm approaching somebody, I'm just going up saying, "Hey, uh, do you mind if I steal a second from you? You know, what's your name? My name's Josh from Vivant. Uh, you know, I hire students uh, to to do sales. And then I start asking them questions about them. I'm like, "Oh, cool. Are you a sophomore, junior?" Uh, where are you at in school? What are you studying? Where are you from? Uh, and I, I just want to gather a couple data points so that I can tell, you know, where they've been, where they are now and where they're headed. Mm-hmm. And then after I kind of assess that a little bit, then I'll explain like, look, the reason we're out here is we're, we're hiring some students to do sales, uh, technology sales next summer for Vivint. And then I'll kind of assess how much they know about summer sales, about Vivint, um, see if there's any uh, hesitations that they have about summer sales, kind of like what Chris was saying. And then I'm going to make my pitch and say, look, like the reason students do this uh, a lot of times is because they want to, you know, save money to pay for school. They want to, you know, gain better uh, sales skills. They want to be able to deal with people better. And so the reason we're out here today is we're, we're setting up some informational interviews for, you know, later today, tomorrow, whenever we have it kind of set up. And, and my strategy is I want to get them to a Vivint uh, facility if possible. Now that's not, possible nationwide necessarily, but I want to have the interview in the most legitimate place I have access to. Got it. So that might be, it might be at the school, uh, it might be at, uh, you know, a restaurant is probably not the best, but it's, it's an option. Mm-hmm. Um, I like to bring them to the Vivint building. If I'm in Arizona, the Vivint building, and, uh, I want to give them a tour. I want to create as much uh, credibility there. And I want to, you know, have a chance to really sit down and pitch them. And the closing ratio for those is really high. Same as when you get inside of a house with a qualified buyer, the closing ratio is high. Yeah. So my, my advice is just make sure when you approach somebody, you're telling them as little as possible so you can get a sit. You're, you're catering to their needs and what, what problems they need to have solved by being able to have a job like this. And then uh, you're wanting to get their information, set up an appointment and then leave. And so it's maybe a five, five minute interaction um, you know, a little longer if they have a lot of questions or something, but we want to keep it not, you know, 45 minutes with somebody in the hallway. That's, I think, I think that's the wrong decision. So, uh, the very first approach when we're walking with them in the hallway, you're approaching their lunch table, whatever is, um, a, you know, not giving up, not throwing up on them, giving them a little bit, but the goal is to get them to a sit when the next day, later that day. I think it depends on what your schedule looks like. Mm-hmm. My, my habit is usually the next day. Next so it's day. like, hey, we're going to meet tomorrow. And then I have my calendar and I've got uh, a lot of appointment slots. Mm-hmm. And then I'm telling them. So like one, once they agree, let's say that they say, okay, yeah, sure, I'll sit down you. for yeah. that. Then I'm like, cool. Um, the last thing I want to do is say, you know, let me just write down your phone number because you're going to get a lot of fake numbers. Got it. So instead it's like, will you text me your number? And I give them my number and they text me their name. So now Ah. it's like guaranteed I've got their name Mm -hmm. memorized or saved in my phone and their phone number. Mm -hmm. And then I'll schedule an appointment with them. Say, okay, okay, it's going to be two o'clock tomorrow. And I tell them, okay, tonight I'm going to send you a pin of exactly where to meet me. And if you'd respond to that and confirm that you're going to show up. And so there's kind of a little system there on, we have their contact information now and their name. So we're not going to forget it or lose it or anything like that. I'll make some notes, you know, okay, he, 
is from Georgia. He's studying business. He knows about summer sales. His brother did it. And I'll just make those little notes so that I have it for tomorrow. And then that night I'm texting everybody like, Hey, here's the pin of exactly where to meet. Um, can you please text back to confirm you're going to show up? And you're for sure going to have some people that bail on you and say, Oh, I'm not going to show up. Mm -hmm. But the ones that come that answer back and they say, yep, I'll be there. They almost always show up. Got and it. so then you have like a list of like exactly who's showing up, you know, who they are. And there's a high closing ratio if you're in a, a vivant, uh, positive space that you're meeting with them. Cool. Cool. Chris, same thing. Is that your goal? The uh, same, a meeting the next day? Same, yeah. Yeah. Same exact thing. I think a lot of people, they fall apart when they, they might collect 20 names mm -hmm. and they treat them all as, as if they're uh, a rookie solid checkbacks and they're just like, Oh my gosh, these are going to close. I'm so excited. And then you have uh, maybe 10 people respond and then seven of those show up. And then out of those seven, uh, you know, maybe three say that they're not interested at all. And you've got four to work with. Um, that's still a great day. Um, but uh, I, I feel like uh, these first appointments, I really just treat them as, as checkbacks. Like, there's no emotion, uh, emotional attachment to them. I need to get 30 more um, the next time I go back out. And uh, if I do that consistently, then um, for sure I'm going to find a, a Miguel or a Gunner or a Ben. Got it. I love that. I love that. Um, and, you know, I, I do want to, you know, I, I like this way, the shoulder tapping. It's great. I, I have done it with Jaron Ewell, right, up in Rexburg, um, where they will go on campus and they kind of like treat like a blitz almost, right, where they go on there. Um, all their guys, they actually did some flyers at dorms. Um, they went on campus, got, and they, and they, and they recruited to an event and they said, Hey, tonight at the Rexburg building, which is around the corner from campus, uh, we're going to be raffling off some headphones. We're going to be raffling off some this, we're going to have pizza there. Um, and, uh, we, you know, Jaron did that multiple times uh, last year and ended up getting around 550 organic rookie accounts just from those activities up on, on Rexburg campus. Um, and then that, that works as well. We've had Jeff Whitaker uh, knock some dorms, right, with pizzas in his hand. And he said, hey, uh, if you let me come in and give you a pitch real quick, this pizza's for you guys in your dorm. And he ended up getting, I think, about 185 accounts uh, that year. We got, we got some rookies out of that. So yeah. there's been some other ways of doing it. We, we got some accounts in 2022, um, one of our, one of our, uh, our sophomores, Ike Geese came mm -hmm. from that. So that oh, was really? two years ago, oh. but now we're still have some of our, some of our great reps that are still coming from some doors that he knocked a couple of years ago. Cool. Cool. All right. Well, well, let's talk schedule. Um, you know, how, 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 how many days are you doing this? Uh, what, you know, months, you know, stuff like that. Give me some, give me some schedules of what you guys are thinking. Well, I, I think the best day to do this is probably on a, a, a Tuesday or a Wednesday. Mm -hmm. uh, because, Tell me why. Well, the reason why is because you need a couple of days to have those appointments. And mm. let's say you go out on a Wednesday and you're like, hey, we're setting up appointments for tomorrow. Some of the students are going to say, oh, I can't tomorrow. I work. And so it's good to have a couple of days that you can say, well, we could do it the next day. We could do it the next day. Smart. And so you want to plan your week so that your campus day, probably the best day is Tuesday because then you got Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and then um, you know, between those three days, the majority of students are going to have a hole in their schedule. They're going to have some time, uh, their work schedule is going to have a break, whatever. And, uh, and, and then you have appointments on all three of those days. The heaviest day for sure will be the day after campus though. Got it. Chris. Yep. Nope. Totally agree. It's <clears throat> kind of frustrating for, uh, McKay cause I go out for eight hours to shoulder tap and then she's like, cool, you're done with that. But the reality is it's like, nope. Tomorrow I have all my appointments, all of my meetings. 
she goes, okay, cool, you're done with that. And then the following day, it's like, well, I'm just tying up loose ends. And then the day after that, um, I actually want to go back on campus and try and fill back up my my uh, my pool. Got it. Cool. Um, and uh, I mean, are there any like one-offs <laughs> where you're not really... Uh, do you ever do any like same day? Like I can meet with you today or I can meet with you later this hour, a couple hours here at the lunchroom or is that not really as effective or? There, there's certainly exceptions to the rule. I mean, th- this past summer I was, it was during the cup and, and I usually don't, my, my style is I just don't close on the doorstep, but, uh, we're in the cup and there was high pressure and I needed a sale and I'm at a door and this lady just, she was in her moo and she just would not let me in. And I sold her a $190 package on the doorstep because she was giving me the signs that she was a buyer and she would not let me in. Same thing's true on campus. Got it. You know, I had a, I had a kid last year that I sat down with and I start pitching him and he's giving me a lot of objections, but he's also seems kind of qualified. And I spent 35 minutes with him, just kind of like convincing him to like, just give me a sit, just hear me out. Just, just give me a chance. And he sold 63 this year. You know, he came it. out and did awesome. So there, there's certainly exceptions to the rule. Um, I would say be flexible enough that if somebody has to meet today or, or you know, it feels right and you want to kind of give them a bigger pitch right then and there, you can do that. It's just that as a rule of thumb, that's probably not what you're doing on most of them. Got it. Okay. Makes sense. Yeah. But that's after they, take, they, they have interest and then you've already uh, qualified them to come and sit down with you. And then once you guys are cashing it out, you find out there is no other time other than now. But mm-hmm. it's not like you're just, uh, oh man, this guy's saying no to me. Let me spend 35 minutes like telling him to sign today. It's, it's, I've already figured out this guy's qualified and it seems like there's no other opportunity other than right now. And that's when you uh, make that exception. Got it. Cool. Okay. Well, what's, um, what's something I'm not asking you that, you know, are some of the secrets where some of like the good sauce, am I missing anything that you're like, Hey, this is some legit advice. Like if there's one solid piece of advice, this is something I would say for campus recruiting or shoulder tapping. What's something I'm missing? Um, something that you're missing is that, um, it requires a, a real long-term commitment to be successful at this. I mean, number one, you're going to have to go on campus dozens of times. You're going to have to go many times. You're going to have to have, you know, bad days, days where you get nothing and and you come home and you've, you know, feel like you've talked to a hundred students and nothing has come of it. Um, you're also going to have to be committed to, you know, you go do all that work on campus and then you get some guys and then you sign them. But now there's this whole process of you've got to integrate them into your team. You got to do activities. You got to get them to trainings. You got to actually talk to them. You got to get them on blitzes because, you know, I've definitely spent the time on campus to sign people before, but then didn't do well enough afterward. And then they just fall off. So it, it's, it's commitment to the entire process, start to finish all the days that you're going to not be good. Um, all the work that we've talked about for on campus and then all the work that happens afterward to not drop the ball and keep those guys warm, progressing, uh, and making sales in preseason before they can actually turn into great reps in the summer. Cool. Yeah. On that note, I, I do like that, the, the consistency, because sometimes you will sign somebody in the beginning, but because you're going dozens and dozens of times, sometimes they cool off a little bit, but you see them again on campus and you reheat them again. And then they're, you know, oh, the same thing with yeah. Gunner, right? Like we lost Gunner, but because Chris was going on campus yep. so many times, he, you know, resurrects Gunner right before the summer. And now he's a, he's a maniac. Go ahead, Chris. No, I, I, I totally agree. I think the thing that uh, people typically miss, no matter how, t- how many times they listen to a podcast like this is, uh, they they just need consistency. And so to start out saying, I've got an eight-hour block and I'm going to do it this many times, 
And uh, I'm going to keep doing it until I have this many checkbacks and until I have X amount of signed reps. Um, I'm just going to keep doing it for eight-hour blocks. Um, I think that's when people stop listening to the podcast and they start saying, you know what, okay, this is real work. This isn't just a uh, fine gunner and, uh, and Miguel off of one day and, and they, uh, they might chicken out. But um, if you commit to the, to the long-term process, it's, it's going to be a guaranteed uh, significant lift in your, your uh, production and your numbers on the year. And just, just to tie this back to the beginning, um, there's a reason why I said that you have to get pissed off to be successful on campus. Yeah. If, if you're going on campus because you just think it's cool or you think the extra money would be nice, you're, you're likely not going to be successful. Survive. It, it's, it's the guys that have, you know, they have some battle scars. They've, they've tried recruiting in easier, softer, less time consuming ways in the past. And now they're pissed off and they're like, Hey, I'm done sucking as a leader. I'm done sucking in recruiting. Like I'm going to do whatever it takes to make it happen. And when you're that pissed off, then you're willing to do the work that's required on campus. Um, I've never seen somebody be this successful without getting to that point of frustration first. I love that. I, I want to end on one of my favorite stories, but it's our, it's our boy Isaac Gates from the Puma region. And he shared this story where he was going to do um, campus recruiting with his leaders. And uh, he said uh, this year, or th- when he was telling the story, he's like, this was the first time I broke $1 million in my earnings, right? So he just broke a million dollars in, in a, one year, in one year, right? In his earnings. And, um, and he had six of his leaders um, planned to show up on campus um, and they were going to shoulder tap all seven of them together. And he said all six of them bailed uh, within, you know, an hour of showing up. He says he's on campus by wow. himself. And um, he said that he approached some kid who big dogged him. and was like, no, I'd never do that. That's stupid, blah, blah. And he's like, oh, and he's like trying to talk to him. And the guy's like, no. And then the wind blew and it blew out all of his flyers on the floor. And then he said, the next thing you know, is on my knees. Uh, picking up all these flyers and gathering them together. And I'm like, what am I doing? I just made a million dollars this year. I'm on my knees with flyers flying everywhere. I'm getting punked by these little, you know, young, you know, 20 year olds. And uh, and he's like, but you know, this is what it's all about. And then he went back uh, and gathered all his flyers and went and contacted by himself, which he doesn't need to do at that, you know, senior regional level. Right. And got more contacts and did some organic recruiting um, on his own, which was really cool. And I do want to give props to both of you, um, you know, have already been recruiting. Um, you this year, Josh have brought in a couple of studs that I have personally met that you recruited, um, personally on campus this year so far in the fall of 2022 already that you have signed and actually have uh, given to some of your managers, which is really cool to see. Um, and I, I think I just want to harp one more time that there really is no excuses. Like, you know, I, 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 the same thing about, you know, the United States of like, you know, having success and you got the military, you got all these things to help you like be successful in the United States and living in a third world country. I don't really feel too sorry for myself a lot of times because I've seen other places and like, you know, it really is hard. I, I think the same thing with Vivint. It's like you, there's college campuses everywhere. There's junior colleges, campuses everywhere. That's where I got recruited out of junior college. Right. And, uh, and there, there's a ton of opportunity out there, but there really is no excuses. If you want to go be successful, you want to be an area director this year, you want to be a regional, you actually can go and do it, put in the time, go dozens and dozens of time and uh, master your craft. And you will have that position. You will be making that money that you're looking for, but it's up to you guys. So. Love it. All Amen. right, guys. Appreciate you. Thanks so much. Have a good one. Thanks, Chris. Thanks, Aaron. Okay. Bye.